All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, you guys. It's good to see you. My name is uh, Danny. I am one of the pastors here. Uh, these are some crazy times, right? Am I right? Uh, we even have birds in the church. I mean, we have a lot of things going on, um, but I'm just thankful that you guys are here. I'm thankful for uh, everyone who is also watching uh, online uh, at their homes or in uh, private gatherings that way, and so um, just thankful for that. You know, I want to also be as transparent as possible with this church, with um, the people here, because we love you guys, uh, we care about you guys, and uh, transparency uh, it breeds clarity, and clarity breeds calmness. And so we just want to really make sure that all of that is up front. Um, <clears throat> just a couple of days ago, I went to Harris Teeter, just on Dunloring. Um, and I remember it was, it was still really crazy. Like, there were shopping carts packed with toilet paper. Why do so many people need toilet paper? Um, but it was, like, packed, and there was so, the lines were so long. And, man, I can't tell you. It's like, it's the herd mentality, right? Like, I was like, these people are, what are they doing? And then all of a sudden, I started to, like, run a little bit, too. <laughs> and, like, I started, like, I had my bag, and I was, like, getting stuff. And I just need Tabasco sauce, but I was, like, packing, like, three or four of them in. And I was, like, and then I, like, kind of, like, woke up from my haze, and I was, like, what am I doing? And um, I still bought a couple of them. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it just, we know that right now, um, you know, things are going really uh, in a different way than I think anyone could have predicted even a couple months ago. Uh, a couple days ago, we had President Trump declare a state of emergency. Uh, we had, uh, on that same day, Governor Northam declare a state of emergency in Virginia. Um, and we know that uh, what the CDC says is that the coronavirus itself is uh, in its just initiation stage in the U.S. Uh, that it is slowly beginning to, not even slowly, but beginning to build up here. Um, and so yesterday, our staff, uh, yesterday our leadership board, we met together in the morning. Uh, and in light of all that has happened, in light of all of that panic and that fear, we came together to make a couple of decisions upon the future of Shining Star for at least this next month. Um, and so as we were thinking about it and praying about it, um, I want you to know that we made these decisions very prayerfully, and we made these decisions um, not out of fear, but out of faith, right? And so um, I just want you to know that. The two conclusions that we uh, decided was, first, that worship um, above everything else is our priority, right? I think above everything else, that's kind of where our church started from. That's where our heart is. That's what we are as Christians. That's our very identity is to worship the Lord. And so for us, um, worship was the number one priority. The second thing is that we have a responsibility to God, uh, but we also have a responsibility to you, to our congregation. And we want to do everything that we possibly can to keep you safe to make sure that this place that you're coming in is um, as safe as it can possibly be and that you guys are well taken care of, that you are loved here and that you are cared for here. Um, and so those are the two things that we had prioritized as we spoke together. <clears throat> and so what we decided was to continue having uh, Sunday services as normally, normally planned. Um, nothing is going to change with our time and location. Um, 
What you will see is that there are going to be slight changes in the service order as time goes on to accommodate uh, different things and um, you know, the birds are chirping. And it's, 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 <laughs> uh, but for us, our priority of having worship is not going to change. That's going to stay steady. Um, and in light of kind of all that's happened uh, with the uh, snacks and kind of making sure that we want to be safe, we cancel fellowship as well. And so what that means is after we finish service here, you guys can just head out in the back uh, doors over there and just, and just head, head out that way, okay? Um, for those who cannot come to service, uh, we set up a live stream. And so if you uh, cannot come to service for any reason, just click on the live stream link that's on the top right of our website and you can join us that way. And for those who are not here and who are streaming, uh, we have online offering available to you as well, right? It's on our website too. Um, now, that's the first thing. Worship is the priority. The second thing um, is that we have also decided uh, to suspend all weekday gatherings and events. Um, this means that our life groups, our devotional groups, and our leaders' discipleship training courses have all been suspended for the time being. Um, for us, as we thought about it, we thought that this would be the best way um, to to go about for your safety, uh, for us to really minimize as much contact as we possibly could um, for this virus. Now, all of this is subject to change. And for us, uh, we know that in Maryland, at least they've uh, banned any gathering, public gatherings over a certain size, and, and we're not sure what Virginia is gonna do next in that way. And so we wanna make sure to comply with all the federal and state laws that may come about. Um, and, and for us, we also want to make sure to adjust to the congregation's needs also. And so just know that none of this is 100% set in stone in terms of what we're doing here. Um, but as of now, these guidelines will be in place until April 12th or Easter weekend, okay? So just keep that uh, in mind. Um, right now, can we just pray together, if that's okay? Um, and I'd like for anyone who's watching as well, if you would, be, if you would pray with us. Um, this is a time of confusion, and especially I think in a lot of churches, where most churches have gone to a lot of online streaming or recording sermons, and what that ends up doing is, if we don't have that constant reminder every Sunday, um, it can hurt us spiritually. And so what I'd like for us to pray right now is for this coronavirus, that yes, God has a, a purpose and a plan through this, but that at the same time, would, God, would we just pray that God would completely take it away, that it would be completely healed, that this virus would be contained and that we would be able to move past it and that we would be able to grow together as a church. Let's also pray for this service in particular, that we know with all the things that happened, that the Satan will look for any single way to tempt us, to let us lose focus, and to keep us away from knowing who God is. So let's just pray that God would keep us focused as well, that the birds, as much as we love them, would stop chirping, and that we would be able to really focus upon the, wor the work and the word of the Lord. And so let's just pray for those two things, and I'll close. Let's pray. God, I just want to thank you for today, God. I pray especially um, just for this uh, coronavirus, Lord, just for uh, all that's happening in this time that you would... Uh, 
really give us peace over it, that you would give us calmness over it, and that we would be able to um, just uh, concentrate upon you, Lord. I pray, uh, Lord, that even though uh, we know that everything has a purpose, God, I pray that in the name of Jesus, with, with this coronavirus, go away. Lord, with the name of Jesus, would, would people be healed? And God, would those who are affected most be safe, Lord? Uh, and I pray, God, for focus upon what we have to do today. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for all that you have done. And I pray, Lord, at this time, God, with all of that's happening, I pray that you would bring peace upon our hearts. God, that it would not just be a peace that we think about, but it would be a peace that is within the very depths of who we are, a peace knowing, Lord, that you are everything to us. And that no matter how the circumstances change in this world, you will not change. And so, God, I pray that we would hold on to that, trust upon you, and God, just love you more. And so we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You know, as I was thinking about all that was happening uh, today or this past week, I thought that I would be a lot more anxious. Um, but for me, I actually felt um, a lot more peace as time went on. Um, and the reason why I thought I would be anxious is because kind of the way that our ministry has been going I don't know if you've realized this too, but our ministry has really kind of um, exploded in such a good way. And I'm not even just talking about numbers, I'm talking just spiritually. I feel like we mentioned this uh, at the end of last year, but that this would be the year of breakthrough. And as I was kind of just thinking over and praying over this ministry, um, man, it has been so evident seeing the power of God move within our congregation. And the more I talk to you guys and the more I've been able to converse with you, I've just been able to see things just click in your minds. And for me, I was like, man, like this is for sure going to be the year of something special, the year of something where, where things are changing, where God is moving so powerfully. And so I thought that hearing all of the different things that were going to happen within our church, I would be kind of worried or scared, but instead I found peace. And the reason why I found peace, I realized, is because, you see, the trials of this world, God is able to use them as tests in our lives. And the bad things that happen in this world, you see, God is able to use them for our good. And so for even these types of things, so even for this coronavirus, for even these hardships, for even the things that we are going through and the fear that we are, that we are facing... We have to understand also that God is able to use these things to help us grow. And not only help you grow, but to help the church grow. And so absolutely, 100%, this is the year of breakthrough. Not only for you, not only for me, but it's going to be for this church. And I 100% believe that when I had that feeling and that pressure upon my heart to speak those words in the, in the end of last year, that God had accounted for this virus to be in that plan as well. And so I want you guys to understand that as well. Don't use this virus as a crisis. Use this virus as an opportunity to dig deep, to go harder, to know who God is more in your life, to know that, yes, there is fear out in this world, but there is no fear when there is perfect love within us. That there is no fear when it comes to Jesus Christ because he has cast out all fear. And so trust in the Lord. And as a church, as Shining Star Community Church, you are here for a reason. You are here for a purpose. God has brought you here. 
Trust in that and invest in one another. Yes, we're not going to have life groups. Yes, we're not going to have devotional groups. Yes, we're not going to have discipleship groups. Who cares? That's fine. That doesn't make the church. We are the church. And what that means is we're able to invest and care and love one another. Use this time to go above and beyond for that. Use this time as an opportunity, okay? And so what I want to do, sorry about that, is go into the passage now. And the passage that we're going in is actually uh, a little bit different. Um, We're not going in Galatians for this week. What was pressing upon my heart uh, was the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. Uh, And the reason why I wanted to do this, as you look this up, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. I know it sounds like it should be in the Old Testament. It's actually in the New Testament. So look up. uh, It's going to be Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. And if you have it, please uh, rise. I'm going to read it if you can follow along. The full assurance of faith. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Amen. You may be seated. Let me pray. God, we thank you for today, and I pray as these words are spoken, as this sermon is given, Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts, that you would open up our ears to hear your word, Uh, that even as I speak, that it would be your words that penetrate the hearts of all of us, and that includes those who are listening online. And so we thank you and we love you in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. You know, as I was thinking about all of this, uh, there was one thing that pressed upon my heart, and the reason why I wanted to um, preach this passage um, was because I just simply wanted to encourage you, and I wanted to challenge you um, in this next month to really care for one another, to really love one another, uh, and to really be the church, okay? About 100 years ago, um, after the book of Hebrews was written, um, there were two great plagues that happened in Rome. Um, We don't know exactly what caused them, uh, but we do know that historians say that they were a a form of smallpox and a form of measles. Now, these plagues were so devastating um, that at its height, 5,000 people a day and about 35,000 people a week were dying. These plagues ended up wiping out about 25% of the entire population of Rome at that time. No one had a cure. No one knew the source of the plagues. There was mass panic. But there was one thing that was clear. You spread it through contact. 
And because of how contagious these plagues were and because of how you transmitted this disease, the rich and those who were high standing ended up leaving the cities. And get this, the doctors and physicians also ended up leaving the cities too. But the Christians stayed. The Christians, they stayed in the cities, and not only did they care for their own, they cared for those inside and outside the church. And as a result, it said that many Christians ended up dying, but it also says that as a result, Christianity exploded in growth. Now, church, what was the difference between those who left and the Christians who stayed. The difference is simple. It's because the way that Christians look at the world is completely different than the way the world looks at it. Christians knew that as good as this world can be, it is just the prequel. Because we know as happy as we can be in this world, it is only a taste of what is to come. Christians realize that as good or as bad as this life could possibly be, it was only the first chapter. They understood that death, as scary as it can seem, is simply only the gateway to glory. But for those who weren't Christians, you see, this world was it. There was no assurance of salvation. And there was no assurance that there was even an afterlife. And because of that, they all left. Because of that, they panicked. Because of that, they were scared. But here's the thing. Even though Christians understood that this life was just the beginning, they also understood that it meant something. They understood that it still meant enough that God would enter into this world, that he would live a perfect life, and that he would die on the cross. You see, Christians, they understood that this life was short, but it was meaningful. And so what did they do? They loved each other. They cared for one another. And they sacrificed because they understood what it meant to be the church, even when there were no walls. You know, as of today, the coronavirus I was reading has spread to over 100 locations internationally. And it's been officially listed as a global pandemic. We still don't know the complete picture of the COVID-19 because of how new it is and, and of the different strands that it has, but we do know that it is spread person to person through contact and that right now, it seems like it's just beginning in the U.S. So for us, we've limited a lot of things at Shining Star. We've cut down on a lot of the things that aren't purely essential at this church. And as I prayed about this next month and, and all of the things that are going to be different for us, um, the pressing that was on my heart um, was to talk about our role uh, within Shining Star for this next month. You know, I can't help but see a lot of the similarities between what happened then and what's happening 
now. And I'm not talking about the, the numbers or the severity. I'm talking about our response as Christians. Because we're entering into a time of instability and a time of confusion. And I hope and I pray that this passage will give us focus. Verse 25 says, not neglecting to meet together. That word meet is this Greek word that also translates into congregation. Now there's a difference between aggregation and congregation. An aggregation is just when a bunch of individuals come together and they listen to a speaker or they hold an event. But a congregation is very different. An aggregation is like just putting a bunch of different stuff in a backpack and just carrying it around. There's a bunch of individual things, but they all just happen to be in the same space. Whereas a congregation are like grapes on a vine. They're all organically related to one another. What I mean by that is that the congregation is where all of our lives are together. We don't just come as individuals sitting here, listening, and then that's it. You get into each other's lives. You pray together, you learn together, and you grow together. In this passage, it is heavily emphasized in verse 24 and 25 where it says, one another. Stir up one another. Encourage one another. This word literally means cooperation or something mutual. In the New Testament, you see church, the the church back then was, was a bit different than the church today. I think it's fair to say that the majority of churchgoers today, you could call them Sunday Christians. That in other words, on Sundays they come, they listen, and then they go. But in the New Testament, The church was a place where you went, not only to be taught, not only to be counseled, and not only to be shepherded. The Christians went to church to teach one another. They went to counsel one another. They went to confess to one another and disciple one another. They went to carry each other's burden. That's what they went to do in the church. It's this cooperation that's important. And that's why this is so much bigger than just meeting once a week. It's so easy to fool ourselves into thinking that what we are doing is biblical, that what we are doing is completely right because we're, we are coming to church and we're sitting down and we're listening, and yet for many of us, I believe, we have lost the reason of why we're here. Just because you enter the building doesn't mean you're fulfilling your purpose as a Christian. You know, there are times when I go to the gym, and I have a a difficult time, I wasn't sure if I should say this, but there are times when I go to the gym, I walk to the weight section, I look at the weights for a couple minutes, and I just walk back and go back home. Um, And you know what's crazy? In the back of my mind, I'm proud of myself, because I went went to the gym. And I said, you know, I, I went and I... I did my work, and I, and I feel good about myself. I'm, I'm proud of you, Danny. I, I say that in the back of my mind. But just because I went doesn't mean I worked out. Look, in order to understand the purpose of the church, you have to understand the purpose of 
why we're here together and why you know each other. It's not a coincidence that you're here, church. It's not an accident that you are in this place. There are people that God has placed in your life that are meant for you to help grow and they're meant to help you grow as well. And you have to understand this, that if you believe that God is sovereign over everything, that means God is sovereign over this as well. That if you believe God is in control of everything, that you also believe that there's a reason you're at Shining Star right now too. That you realize that there's a reason why even the coronavirus is happening. That you realize that God is asking you to use this not as a crisis, but as an opportunity. C.S. Lewis wrote in Mere Christianity, Christ works on us in all sorts of ways, but above all, he works on us through each other. He goes on to say, it's easy to think that the church has many purposes. Education, building, missions, holding services, but the purpose of all these purposes is one. The church has no other purpose than to draw people to Christ. The reason I'm saying this and the reason why we are focusing an entire sermon on this is because our church has done its best to make spaces where people can grow together. This means the purpose of our life groups, right? We've said this, the lifeblood, the thing that really brings our ministry together are our life groups, really. We always encourage, we always push. We have discipleships that are going on. We have devotionals that we are holding as well. And the reason why we do all of these is so that we can grow each other to be more like Christ. But for the next month, these spaces are no longer there. And so church, this is my challenge to you. Make those spaces for yourself. What does it mean to be a church? It doesn't mean that you are in a building. It means that you are together, encouraging one another, growing together. That doesn't matter if it's inside or outside the church walls. That is true biblical community. And look, we're only able to live this way for one reason, because we have already been set free. Remember last week we talked about how you are free to fail. Verse 19 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, if you believe in Jesus Christ and in what is done, then you are already his. Your status is already given to you. Therefore, there is nothing in this world that can remove his love from you. There's nothing in this world that can take away that salvation that has already been given to you. And the Bible says that there is nothing, no height, nor depth, death, or angels, or demons, or life that can ever take away the love of God. So be confident and love others. Look, and rejection is hard, I know. Being vulnerable is difficult. But let this passage guide you over this next month. And there are people who are going to be panicking. There are people who are going to be running away to get away from here. But God has never told us to run away. He tells us to stay and care for one another. 
Look, church, there are people who are here who are struggling financially. There are people in this church who are struggling mentally. There are people in this church who are struggling spiritually. You don't need life groups to talk to them. You don't need a devotional group to pray for them. And you don't need any structure that is created by man to do the work of God. So what I want to encourage you to to do is use this month to dig deep and to grow with one another in a way that you've never had before, okay? I'm going to just end with um, just two points of application. It's just two ways that you can love each other. The first, it says here in this passage, is to stir one another up. And the other, it says in this passage, is to encourage one another. First, stir one another. Verse 24 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Now, this Greek word for stir is also translated, uh, it means to irritate, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) irritate one another, right? And what that literally means, or what what he's saying here is that you want to confront and disagree with one another. That's what it means to stir up one another. What that means as Christians is that we are called to have people around us who are able to confront us when we are in sin. And this is, I think, a heart check for a lot of us. Because one reason why we may not have people like that in our lives is because for a lot of us, we are so touchy and we are so hot-tempered that there are people in our lives who cannot gauge how we will react and so they're not able to confront us when we need to be confronted. Other translations say that this word stir, they say spur up one another. That's the same type of spur that you put on horses. It hurts them, but it's only hurting them to guide them. So stir up one another. One of the best examples of this is the Greek myth of Odysseus. Odysseus is, um, if you all know, he's on this boat, right? And he's uh, going uh, and he's traveling home and he knows that he's going to pass this island of the sirens. And what he knows about this island is that when anyone hears these sirens, that the sailors, they immediately crash the ship into the rocks and everyone ends up dying. And so what he tells the sailors to do is he says, look, I need you to tie me to the post. And I need you that whatever I say, whatever I ask for you, to ignore me and to keep on going. That even if I want to go this way, I know that I need to go this way. So just let me keep on going this one way. In other words, he's saying, give me what I need, not what I want. Church, are you willing to say the same thing? Give me what I need not what I want. For many of us, the most dangerous sins in our life, the sins that will shipwreck us, are the ones that we are completely blind to. These are the sins that we are are able to rationalize the most. These are the sins that we are able to compromise the most on. These are the sins that we are okay with because we want it so badly. And yet, do we have people in our lives that will will be able to tie us to the post 
and say, look, this is not what you want, but this is exactly what you need. Stir up one another. Spur up one another, church. This is what we are called to do. And lastly, we are called to encourage one another. This Greek word for encouragement is one that I also really love. It means to walk alongside the other person. It means that you have to, in your everyday life, just empathize and walk and be with them. And it is the exact opposite meaning of stirring up the other person. But you see, church, these are two sides of the same coin. We need to do both. You know, this virus has been really scary, but as Christians, we can move forward in confidence. And so what I want for you guys, what I'm praying and asking for you, is that you would use this opportunity that God has given you, that this would be a trial. Yes, that this is absolutely a trial. I'm not trying to minimize the impact of what this is doing in a lot of our lives. But know that our trials are also tests. And the Bible says that God is able to use these things to test the genuineness of our faith. And so allow that to happen for you also. This is the year of breakthrough 110%. I have never been more sure of that. Do you believe that as well? If you do believe it, then let's move forward in faith as a church. Encourage one another. Talk to one another. Teach one another. You don't need to meet person to person if you can't. That's why we text, call, all of those other options are available to you. Do not lose contact. We are able to grow one another in faith. So spur on, keep on, right? Amen? Let's pray.